get ready for the journey of a lifetime. Omega Metroid is excited to launch a new series exclusive to our Patreon channel, The Great Metroid Area Ranking. Our mission is simple. We are going to rank every single area in the Metroid series two at a time. Join us on our Patreon as we delve into all the different locales across this amazing series and get in on the action by helping dictate what areas we rank next. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is available to all Omega Metroid tier patrons. Join us on this incredible adventure and help us decide for the final time which Metroid area is the greatest of them all. OmegaMetroid.com's Patreon is the home to the Great Metroid Area Ranking, ROM Hack Reviews, The Spateri Show, and so much more. Consider signing up today and see you next mission. Welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Duminal Crossing. What is up, Doom? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good, Andy. It's been a wild week in gaming, and surprisingly, not in terms of official news, but, you know, we've got a little bit of uh, some Metroid stuff, uh, you know, to look out for our fellow fans. Um, I thought you were referring to uh, Eminem showing up in Fortnite. That's pretty wild. I mean... Uh, honestly, Fortnite alone has been pretty wild. Eminem showed up. Peter Griffin showed up. Your boy Solid buff, Snake is coming soon to Fortnite. Peter Griffin. Not even regular <laughs> Peter Griffin. I saw someone on, uh, I want to say it was the Detroit Red Wings, pulled the, uh, I'm going to sound like I'm a thousand years old here, but what's that stupid dance that they do in Fortnite? Uh, which one? There's a lot There's a lot of stupid dances. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> not like the main one where you're like, flossing, I think is what it's called. I, I could okay. not sound any more ancient right now. It's it's the other one. It starts with a G. What? Oh, the gritty. The, the gritty? The gritty! Yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody sniped a goal and started doing the freaking gritty. And, like, it was so awesome because all these old hockey people are like, ah, what is this filth in our game? So I loved it. I'm a fan of the gritty. Maybe I'll do yeah, it yeah, you see, you You see it a lot in football. Like, that's, like, kind of where it originated, I think. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we uh, we lost Dak today. He was he was supposed to be here, but uh, well, we're we don't know where his whereabouts are right now. He may pop up at some point in this podcast. He may not, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna plow on. We got a great show uh, for everybody. But I there was actually there was a few things that I did want to get to, and I know that you have some stuff that uh, that you want to bring up, Doom. Um, so I want to just quickly, before we get to Mapping Metroid, and we're finally getting to Samus Returns, which is awesome, I wanted to just say, you know, over the last week, a lot of people tagged me, a lot of people messaged me, and they were like, hey, I just got my Spotify wrapped, and I was listening to the Omega Metroid podcast, this is my top five, I was listening to the Zelda cast, and I just want to say such a big thank you to everybody that listened, everybody that had us in their Spotify wrapped, if we were number one, number five, whatever, I mean, honestly, if you listen to us at all, ever, that's so awesome, but yeah, to, to all those uh, to all those hunters out there that had the Omega Metroid pod in their, in their Spotify wrapped, that was so awesome, it... it made my day to see so just wanted to give a massive shout out 
to uh, to all you guys and, and thank you for that. Very cool. Yeah, seriously, it's incredibly humbling, you know, to have, you know, so many people that like actually care about what we have to say, like on a weekly basis, nonetheless, <laughs> like that's insane. Yeah, no like, kidding. Like for real, y- y'all are y'all are the real MVPs, 100 percent. Yeah, but I... if you are uh, if you are a hardcore Metroid fan, maybe maybe one week of Metroid content isn't quite enough for you. Maybe maybe you're still starving for more stuff. And well, uh, this week. I know that that transition, man. That transition. Um, if you're still starving for more Metroid content, uh, we had two pretty big uh, videos uh, from some content creators that I'm a big fan of that released this week. Uh, Wayne is boss uh, on both. Both of these people are going to be on YouTube, but uh, Wayne is boss released a video, uh, a Metroid retrospective uh, on the remakes and remasters of the Metroid series, but primarily focusing on Zero Mission and Samus Returns, which of course we'll be talking about later today. Uh, that's about an hour long. And then um, I finished a game released, wait for it, a six-hour documentary on the entire series. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, pop some popcorn for that one. Order a pizza. Um, you know, you'll be in it for a long haul. I would personally, I would not recommend watching all six hours at once. I would recommend picking that off a few days at a time because it's a... It's a lot to get through, but brother, nonetheless, that's, a, that's a Netflix limited series right there. Holy smokes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, uh, both uh, fantastic creators, you know, go subscribe to their channels, check out the videos. Uh, and then finally, we, uh, for our YouTube listeners, uh, you might notice that we have a new intro today. And I wanted to give a quick shout out to Bearborg from the Metroid Prime modding discord who actually helped me rip. Uh, those Metroid Prime menu backgrounds uh, that you um, that you saw here, and you'll also be seeing again in the credits. You'll have to wait a little bit for that, but uh, yeah, shout out to him for uh, helping me get access to those. Um, yeah, you're a real one. And I w- I was so pumped when you made that transition. I was like, I've trained Doom well. He's about to plug the Patreon, isn't he? And you did it. No, the, all those videos are going to be awesome. But uh, I mean, if you want more Omega Metroid, we we do have a Patreon. Actually, Doom and I were talking about that before we went on air. Uh, actually, actually, I promise we're going to get to the show eventually. But since we're since we're plugging stuff here, uh, this one's for you, pal. I was very fortunate enough to join Flashback sixty four, which is a podcast, a chronological N sixty four podcast by uh, a friend of the show. You've seen him on the Alien and Review series, Gooey Fame, and his partner McKenna. And um, we had a former Bungie developer named Andrew join us as well. And uh, we we chatted about Doom 64 for like two hours. It was sweet. And that episode is out right meow. So you should go check it out. It's very cool, especially, obviously, if you like Doom. But it's it's a cool podcast because it's not just like about the game. It's kind of about like that month in time. It's like like a snapshot about, uh, you know, I don't know, May 1996 or whatever it is that that game came out. So uh, cheap plug, but you should go check it out. I watched the full episode. I can concur. It is wonderful. Um, definitely subscribe to Flashback 64. Check out Goo and Andy's other podcast, Virtual Theater, if you want to learn um, all about the... Uh, I, I, you you say the line. You, you oh, got to it. It's not me. I was like, there's my guy. <laughs> he has it. Video game movies and the stories that shape them. You were, yeah, that was, you, pretty, you. that was pretty good, though. I, you're, <laughs> you're back up. You're redeemed. So I love it. Um, all right. So... Uh, and by the way, we got to, I wanted to apologize for last week's audio. That was just a ginormous dumpster fire. I'm sorry, everybody. I know I sounded like I was at the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle. It was terrible. 
what can I say? You heard me trying to say, you know, you heard me trying to tell Doom what the hell the gritty was. I'm obviously like a thousand years old and don't understand technology. So, oh, thank you for putting up with that, everybody. I really appreciate that. Uh, won't happen again. Hopefully, knock on wood. But um, yeah, some very cool stuff going on in the world of gaming this week. Of course, uh, as as you mentioned earlier, we've got the new GTA trailer that just dropped. I've never played GTA, but I always did want to check out Vice City. And as I understand, this is a return to Vice City. So I don't know. Maybe I can get my synthwave kind of going on and, and enjoy the ride. Yeah. So the original Vice City takes place in the 80s. That's kind of what. So Vice City and San Andreas are like kind of prequel spinoff games. San Andreas takes place in the 90s, Vice City in the 80s. The mainline games take place in like whatever current day they're set in. And so this is like a modern day take on vice city mm-hmm. but um but yeah like yeah, obviously cool. you know we yeah obviously we knew gta 6 was coming for coming for a while it's nice to, to finally see some um some footage of it obviously we don't know too much about it but like i kind of expect that from a first trailer this is kind of usually how rockstar kind of doles these out um i do want to say there's one absolutely gorgeous shot from the trailer um, this overhead shot where it shows the um the highway going over the ocean. Oh my goodness, just such a such a beautiful shot. Definitely the highlight of the trailer for me. Yeah, I uh, maybe I'll check it out. I've never I've never been like a, you know, I never played GTA. I wasn't super high on Red Dead. Maybe I'll give it another uh, another shake at the stick there. Uh, speaking of new game trailers. Uh, we have the Game Awards coming up this week, and there's not, I mean, obviously there's no Metroid nominated, and I understand why Metroid Prime HD, or Remastered rather, was not nominated. I I think that makes sense. Although I do think it's a little bit weird that Resident Evil 4 is nominated for Game of the Year, although that's obviously a complete substantial remake. I don't don't think that's weird at all. Especially because, like... I I feel like I'm kind of like, eh... RE2 was also nominated back when that was a thing. Um, FF7 was nominated for Game of the Year in 2020, I think. I, I've, I've talked about this before. I'll, I'll make this rant short because we actually have to get onto the main episode soon. I don't have a problem with like full ground-up remakes getting nominated for Game of the Year. Because at that point, it's basically... If it doesn't share a single line of code from the original source material, I still consider that like enough of an original work to be nominated. And like if you if that doesn't count, then like by that logic, you know, you can't nominate Scarface for an Oscar. You can't nominate The Departed for an Oscar. Because those are remakes. And I don't know. I, I think that's silly. I think that I think that it definitely is uh worthy of that. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm not uh I'm not like going against your logic. I I don't know. There's something about the Resident Evil 4 particular to me that maybe it's because I think like that game really doesn't need to be remade. It really didn't need it. Like, Code Veronica is still waiting in the Wisps to be remade. That game is nigh unplayable, but regardless. So there's no Metroid up for the Game Awards. But we're going to have a ton of new uh, trailers and stuff to to go over uh, next week. I'm not really anticipating anything big for Nintendo, but uh, I don't know. You never know. Maybe they'll surprise us with something beyond Switch as games, so we'll, we'll keep you locked on that. With that said... It's finally time to give Metroid Samus Returns its time in the sun. We have done a lot of mapping Metroids in our nearly four years on this podcast, but somehow we have missed Metroid Samus Returns, and we are going to right that wrong today. And we are going to be talking about what I think, I think if you ask a lot of people, they might say that this is the best area in the game, and that is Area 7. 
And for everybody asking, well, that means absolutely nothing to me. What is Area 7? Uh, first of all, you're not alone. I forever and will always until the end of time just rant and rave and complain about how all the areas in this game are so generically named. It drives me absolutely bonkers. But um, from here on out, Area 7 is going to be referred to as the Chozo Laboratory because that's commonly the name that it's given. That's the name of the um, of the musical track that plays during it. And, you know, it's just kind of the vibe of, uh, of everything. It's, I mean, it's literally a laboratory, as we'll talk about here. So uh, we're going to be using the, the terms Area 7 and Chozo Laboratory interchangeably. So just want to throw that out there and uh, to get everybody on the same page. But yeah, we're finally here and we are finally talking about Metroid Samus Returns. And before we actually even begin to talk about this area... Uh, you know, you and I were were kind of chatting before we came on air about some of the various areas and, and whatnot in this game. And I, I really think, like, is it just because of the naming? Is it just because the soundtrack isn't as strong as maybe we'd like it to be? That, like, I think for a lot of people, me included, I have, like, a heck of a time trying to figure out, like, which area is which. Whereas in AM2R, and I am and I'm promise I'm not going to compare this game to AM2R, uh, or I'm going to try not to anyways, but like, I feel like those areas in my mind are so distinct. And so like each area is, it's certainly its own entity. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if you feel that same way or not, but I, I always struggle a little bit with Sam's returns areas. And, and I think that's why it's taken us so long to, to get an area from this game on mapping Metroid, even though like I love Samus returns. I think it's one of my favorite Metroid games. I think it. I think it's the area naming for sure. Um, I, I I think especially in the later areas, it gets hard to like keep track of which one is which, which is you know funny enough the same critique I had with Metroid Two. Like those like the first w couple areas, like pretty easy to tell apart. But once you get to like three and beyond, then everything starts to blend together. Uh, granted, it's done a little bit differently in this game because there's you know actually a color palette to work off of and a map. Yeah. But you know it it is what it is. Um. Yeah, for me, like I feel like area one, three, and then of, and then Chozo Laboratory. But again, like I can't quite remember which of the specific numbers it is. But I just, you know, <laughs> it's it makes it tough for sure. It makes it tough, and and I think one thing that I think really helps um, area seven is that it really has a a banger of of a song that plays that really I think sets the tone. And usually I kind of leave music for the last little bit of our conversation but i don't know doom i figured we should just start off with that because i feel like this musical track is such a big part of this area's identity like um and you might remember too in the initial reveal trailer for samus returns this track is the one that was playing and uh i think they had the surface area as well but you know they had this this track and it really had some life and some personality and so it made me feel very optimistic for what the rest of the game might sound like and and you know, we, we've had our disagreements about the soundtrack, but I, I think the game unfortunately may have peaked with this one tune, with the two songs that we saw in the initial reveal trailer, but it makes sense that's why they use them. But yeah, I, I feel like this musical track, track just like really gives this area an identity that I, I think a lot of areas really struggle to have. Because like, aside from, you know, the area that uses lower Brinstar, which is area four, and the surface theme, it's like, which which areas really stick out to you in terms of how they sound? Like, how do they make you... Like, what do you remember about those? And I think the answer is, like, 
Not a lot, unfortunately. I I I half agree and half disagree. Um, for for me, like I'm I'm a big Area Three appreciator when it come when it comes to the music, particularly that that uh that first scene that plays when you get down there. But I really, I I really like a lot of this game. This game is really creative in how it uses um in how it uses light motifs. Um, and this and this theme is no exception because obviously it's a wholly original piece of music. But then you have those uh Samus Aaron theme choirs that just that just barely come in, you know, near the end of each verse, you know, just to kind of, you know, almost tie that in. But otherwise it's a wholly original piece, which I think is just super cool. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love stuff like that. Um, well, I, I mean, I think it's, it's certainly gotta be the best piece of music for like an area specific piece of music in this game. I, I really, I think that, I think this is like the Samus returns signature track, to be honest, I think um, even more. So I, than I, the surface I, theme. I would, I would definitely agree for sure. Absolutely. Um, even though, even though it's not my personal favorite, I would probably give yeah. that to the, um, the Torian theme cover. I absolutely adore that piece, but this is definitely, definitely a highlight of the soundtrack that I think, you know, I, again, like we have very differing opinions on the soundtrack, but this is one I think we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say like the surface theme, as we all know, is an iconic track. I don't know that this would like be anybody's like maybe top 10. Pick. I don't know. Maybe it would be in your top 10. But I, I think in terms of like Samus Returns music, it's certainly certainly the best and certainly like gives this area an identity, which which really helps. And that's not the only great musical track either, by the way. I know that this is an exclusive to area seven but you've got that banger of the omega metroid fight and you fight three omega metroid series so you hear it a couple different times that sounds good i love that theme man and one thing that i really love about area seven is the music that it does not have and you all i'm sure you already know where i'm going with this but i for from time memorial i've i've been complaining about how whenever you go into a heated area and samus returns all you hear is like, bah, bah, like right. It hits you, slaps you right in the face. The lower North the inception area. trailer pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's no heated areas. There's nothing like that. It's just regular Chozo laboratory almost through throughout the whole thing. So I really appreciate that. I think the music really helps this area stand apart from, you know, all the other areas in the game. It, it, it's actually funny. I am a bit more lenient. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. I'm a bit more forgiving of the soundtrack. I actually don't care that much for the Omega Metroid theme. It's kind of whatever for me. I don't hate it, but it doesn't really, I don't like, I don't like, yo, this theme though, man. Like it's just, it's just kind of there. It is what it is. It's, but. (laughs) Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the area itself. And I guess that we should start out with um, just the, the general overall layout. And this area is, is a little bit unique in that, like when I so I recently played Samus Returns I I did a hundred percent run and um, one thing that really stuck out to me that I I don't think I remembered was like this area is really small in in terms of all the areas in the game I'm taking a quick look at the maps maybe it might be bigger than Area One but if it, maybe just that other than that it's got to be the smallest area in the game which is again kind of unfortunate because you've always been a uh, proponent of this but it's like you know every, every time i start talking a little bit of smack about the samus return soundtrack you're like well listen it has good music you just don't hear it very often and like that made me think of area seven because like 
it really is quite tiny. And and half of that area, well, not half the area, but you know, a decent chunk of the area is the the Chozo seals as well, where you have like the caves and you have the uh, you know the the purple acid and stuff like that. So you really don't get to hear that track for uh, a large majority of the game, like very very small snippets of Area Seven. And uh, I guess it's like you know you'd rather be left wanting more than have the area too big, but. I, that always that really struck me last time that I played it because I just in my mind I I just had pictured it so much bigger and so much like this sprawling gigantic laboratory and I guess it, like it's really not. Yeah, you you picture it bigger because it's like arguably one of the biggest highlights of the game. Like yeah. again, I think you were saying at the top of the episode. I think most people would consider consider I certainly do their favorite area in the game, and so you know you go back to it and then you and then you realize like oh wait a minute, this is kind of like half of an, maybe less than half of an area, like compared to like the other main areas. Cause you're, you're really not there for that long compared to like the, you know, the other like main areas of the game at least. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It just, it stuck out to me like uh like a sore thumb really. Um, there is some pretty cool stuff though going on in, uh, in area seven, just in terms of its overall layout. And, and I really like, you know, this this is the great point in a Metroid game where you are fully equipped. You got everything that you need, almost everything that you need. You don't have uh, your little friend that you get at the end of the game, but you have all of your power ups that you're ever going to need. So your path could pretty much be whatever you want it to be. And of course, the goal in here is we have three Omega Metroids to destroy, which I really like. Actually, like I I think as as Samus Returns goes on, I I really like that they kind of just like start to go less is more and obviously i think they had to because these you know fighting an omega is not like fighting a alpha but just like having i i really like that they just focus on like the three big fights and didn't sprinkle in like a few more of those lesser omega or gamma fights in there either so you got a lot of freedom to do whatever you want and you got uh, a lot of uh, agency to to basically tackle this area in whatever way that you want there's like an optimized way to do it but i really appreciate that about area seven yeah, yeah, and it does, um, they do kind of sprawl out across the whole facility, so it does kind of force you to, like, you know, go around and, you know, explore, like, all the, you know, all of the corners of the of the map, too, which I really like. And, you know, we were talking about this before the episode as well, but there's also quite a bit of, um, of, uh, spider spark shortcuts as well, and this mm-hmm. is the area where, on my first playthrough, where I finally figured out um, that that was even a thing, and I still to this day have no, absolutely no idea how I figured that out. I just, I don't know. It just I was pressing random buttons, and just I, I, I happened to create some gas. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I 100% looked it up because I was like, how the heck do I get this power bomb expansion? That I had no idea, and we'll talk about that later because there are some awesome spider spark expansions. But um, yes yeah wicked stuff here actually but uh yeah like just there there's a lot of like different ways that you can tackle this area which i really appreciate and and i want to talk about some of the specific rooms actually because you know this makes sense in in what i was just saying how like the room is small or the area rather is smaller than i remember it but i like i think when i obviously think of this area you think of like you think of that room in Fendrana Drifts almost where like you have the observatory and like all the planets flying around because there's a lot of like really cool backgrounds and stuff here, techie backgrounds or whatever, but there's not as much of that 
as you might think, actually. It's only in, like, a few select rooms, which, again, kind of struck me when I was playing this, because, like, the the areas that, you know, there are those uh, those awesome set pieces are very memorable, even though they don't necessarily, you know, take up a, a whole big chunk of the map. Um, there's one... There's one hallway which I want to shout out. It's right underneath the Omega Metroid in, like, the middle of the map. It's got some really cool stuff in the background. You've got, like, all these, like, I don't even know, these, like, uh, monitors. You've got these big green vats and, like, maybe there's Aeon in there. Maybe there's Metroids. I don't know. It's got to be one of the coolest looking rooms in the area. And, of course, there's also the um, the observatory area itself, which uh, I can't remember exactly where that is off the top of my head. I'll try and find it, but... That's got that might be one of the most gorgeous rooms in this game. Second, probably only to like that crystal cave room in area four that has like the big crystal behind it. All the technology kind of stuff in here just looks like so cool. And again, really helps kind of give this a little bit of personality, a little bit of juice, a little bit of, you know, oomph. Yeah, this area has like two of my favorite things in Metroid, which is the technological aspect and also the gross, disgusting, organic side of Metroid. And it kind of, especially when you get near those Omega Hives, it really starts to like combine the two together. And it really, you you really, they they really dive back into like those original alien xenomorph roots when they're the, when they're doing like all of the organic material and how it's like almost corrupting, you know, these um, these um, the, the this um artificial architecture that's what i was mm. looking for and just the way um you know just the way it all blends to, the way it all blends together like i absolutely love when um when metroid just goes all in on that stuff yeah just like you know the, some of the rooms in here like I, I really think that this level of detail or not even level of detail because you can't say that the other samus returns areas don't have like a, a really high quality level of detail but like i think there's something to be said about like how like how much personality this has, like how different this is from all the other areas in the game. Cause like a lot of the other areas feature, you know, some fire areas, probably a water drop here or there. Like they, they kind of start to blend, which as we mentioned, isn't helped by the soundtrack, which is a lot of very subtle ambient music. This one, this area I feel like just has like, you know, the Chozo lab just has this bombastic track playing you've got this gorgeous technology in the background it just it looks like so awesome and and it really just makes it stick out um maybe even more than it would in like i don't know like an uh, a regular metroid game like if, if this if this area was in metroid dread i i don't know how much it would stick out because like everything looks so awesome in metroid dread but here it just it looks so phenomenal because it's so vibrant so bright so full of life I feel like compared to a lot of other things. And I, I kind of feel like I'm doing the other areas dirty a little bit, but I don't know. That's, that's how I feel. Well, I, I don't think you're doing the other d areas dirty. I just think, yeah, this area just really stands out. Like there's a reason why, you know, many people consider this the best one in the game is it, it actually, I almost want to give this a point in favor in this over AM2R. Cause I feel like AM2R, uh, AM2R is my second favorite Metroid game. I am not dissing AM2R here. Let's be, to be very clear here, folks. Um, but like AM2R, like a lot of those areas are, you know, repurposed facilities. And, you know, every single area has like a big technological piece of, you know, whether it be the distribution center or the tower or the hydro station and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Whereas whereas Samus Returns, like you, you have a little bit of that. Like Area 3, you have, you know, you know, you have the abandoned mining facility. Uh, area 2, you know, you have that underground dam 
which I don't know what the purpose of an underground dam is, but it is a cool visual set piece. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, you, you don't really get a lot of that. And then all of a sudden you enter area seven and it's just like complete, you know, complete set change, you know, yeah. just highly advanced. It kind of reminds me a lot of sanctuary fortress actually, and kind of the juxtaposition of you that versus that's everything a, else you encountered. That's a good comparison. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Every, like, Everything else in that game has just a certain style and a certain palette to it, and then you get to Sanctuary, and everything just flips on its head. I, re- I really like that comparison, actually. That's a great comparison. Um, yeah, everything... Yeah, yeah even, even like, the basic color palettes, because, like, I think we talked about this back in Definitive Ranking, but Samus Returns, it has a very... It has a very brown and yellow, like, filtered color palette, like, over, over most of its areas. Not in Area 7. Completely different. Um... Area 4, too. Area 4 also has, like, a lot of pinks and blues as well. But, like, Area 7 especially, like, definitely definitely stands out amongst all that. Mm-hmm. It definitely looks uh, looks the best, I think, among the all the different areas. We could, we could probably agree on that. Um, another thing, too, is, like, just flipping over and talking about just some of the in-game lore, some of the story behind the area. This is, like, this is it. This is where it happened. This is the origin of of this series this is where the metroids were literally created like this is a cool place to be like it's there's a lot of like uh i don't know just like rich history here it, it makes me kind of feel like almost tingly a little bit just thinking about it like just uh like this is where it all started so i really love the the idea i mentioned that you know you can see some of the rooms that have like the the big test tubes the big vats at the back of them not hard to extrapolate that, you know, is there Aeon in there? Is that what they're using to create these Metroids? Is that what caused them to evolve? Of course, you also have the really cool um, shot of the uh, of the first Metroid being born. It's got all this, like, green ooze coming off of it. That's in the uh, the Chozo memories when you uh, 100% the items for here. Very cool stuff. But, yeah, there's, there's something like... <laughs> something, like, almost sacred, I feel like, about this area. Which is, which is funny because it's, like... It's like a the sacred area of birth, but also like a, another theme that we've seen in Metroid, which is like all this like technology, which is always usually kind of corrupted or goes by the wayside and needs to be put uh, put back in a check by Samus. It's a just like lore wise, I feel like it's very cool and just kind of yeah, I, I hold it in a little bit of special regard, knowing that you know this this is where it all this is where it all began. Yeah, literally, this is like where. <laughs> if this room did not exist, Metroid the the Metroid series as we know it would not exist at all. Yeah. Everything this one room started, arguably one of the greatest series ever made. <laughs> um, so yeah, very very cool stuff. I do like that. Uh, apparently, I, I don't know that I've actually noticed them myself, but apparently some of the monitors in here, if you if you look hard enough, you can see like little hints that they're monitoring the X parasites. Little cool Easter egg. I've never, I've never oh, seen that. But I, I might have to check that out. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I want to check that out now. I've never noticed that. I'm sure it's like the smallest little Easter egg, or somebody could have been pulling my leg, and I just made a fool of myself. But either way, um, if that's true, I think that's very cool. Let's talk about some of these enemies that uh, that we got going on in Area Seven, because I think that that is another strength of uh, of the Chozo Laboratory here. And I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't know that any of the enemies that we get are necessarily new at this point. There might be a few, but um, I feel like this area just has a strong collection of like all of those like 
robotic enemies that you need to use your uh, beam burst on to you know to defeat and it very much fits the theme in like a very cool kind of way like and there's a few enemies that i want to um shout out in particular and the first of them and there's a really cool room where there's like several of these robots but they're the ones that have like the green laser and they just like go up and down and they're and they're shooting at you and if they hit you it's just absolute mayhem it hurts like super super bad uh I love those guys. They look awesome. The second enemy I want to shout out is like my my bitter enemy in this area. I cannot tell you how many times this little bastard got me when I was there. But it's that stupid robotic bug. And if it gets too close to you, it'll explode. And it doesn't do damage. But what it does is it causes you to not be able to use any of your Aeon abilities. Which you desperately need to use your Beam Burst specifically in this area to get rid of all of those like insane chozo things that are shooting out fireballs at rapid succession at you that little that little gremlin spider is just he's the worst guy he's the worst and they always they always um i i kind of i kind of appreciate it but like they always try to put them in like the most inconvenient <laughs> right? locations too like right outside of a morph ball tunnel so it's like you got to be like you got to like move quick to like to like do that yeah. You know, I, I I appreciate a good uh you know, a good skill check moment like that. I mean, I do too. But yeah, they, but they, they, they really are, are in like the most possible, <laughs> the worst, most inconvenient places that they possibly could be in. So yeah, shout out, shout out to those guys. Um, there's a bunch of other cool enemies here as well. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, you see some of these enemies earlier in the game, but um, just like all those like fire breathing statues, I just like oh, they're not statues, they're machines, but I just absolutely love them. I think that they look like super super cool um most of the other enemies in here i believe you can you know they're recycled from other areas they're just a little bit they got a little bit more gumption to them a little bit harder certainly like i think it's got to be probably the most challenging area in terms of like enemies hitboxes stuff like that that you're gonna see in the game up to this point maybe in the game at all actually because even in the area eight which is like the metroid nest like I think you're more or less like just basically ascending upwards in that one where this one, it feels like you're like, you're really under attack like the entire time that you're there in, in a really good way, by the way. I, I will say the, the, the final area, I don't quite remember because I haven't played this game since we did the definitive ranking last year, but I don't believe this area has uh, those snails that will, that it, will charge you not. and explode them. Yeah, yeah, those are probably my uh, least favorite enemy, and those things are filled to the brim in the final area. So I think that I still have true. to give the edge to that. Uh, yeah, you make a good point. I was just bitching about those guys before we started recording. <laughs> they're the worst. Like, they take out at least a full energy tank, and they always... They're On the always... easiest difficulty. Yeah. And That's they... not... That doesn't include hard mode or fusion mode. Just... They're, they're in the morph ball tunnels. They're in, like, the small little sticky spots that, like, as soon as you see them, you're just like, here we go. Um, so, yeah, they're those are the worst enemies in the game. But I, I dare say, I don't think that these spiders... Mechanical spiders are too far behind because they, they're probably cousins or something because they are awful and they are annoying as hell. Um, I was going to say, let's talk about the bosses in this area, but I mean, there's really not any bosses and, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously I know that we can count the, uh, the three Omega Metroids that you fight, which I mean, all of those are incredible boss fights in their own right. And I guess let's just take this opportunity to talk about those. But before we get there, I, I do think that one of the things that Samus Returns could have done 
and maybe should have done a little bit more is sprinkle in some other bosses. Um, AM2R did this, and, and I thought that they were great effect. You know, that it had Ceres, it had the Terizo, had the uh, the robot that you fight at the bottom of the tower. And those really kind of helped break up, I feel like, the, like the, I don't want to say monotony, but like, you know what I mean, like you're, you're fighting a lot yeah. of the same Metroids over and over. I think that this area, like... I'm thinking of what could have been, and like I'm just picturing like a wicked robotic kind of boss. Like I really, I think that that could have been really, really solid. And I think that Samus Returns in general probably needed like two, three extra bosses that weren't Metroids, in addition to Arachnus and the Diggernaut and you know Ridley at the end of the game. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Um, I will say though, in terms of like the um, the actual Metroid fights themselves, I think all of them are pretty strong in like what they're supposed to do. I actually, I, I, again, I actually think the Metroid fights are done better here than even AM2R. Which again, I love the Metroid fights in AM2R. Not not throwing shade at all, but I just I think there's a lot more, especially the Omega and Zeta fights in particular. I think there's a lot more thought put into them. You um, it allows you to use a lot more of your kit whether it's, you know, with the grapple beam or whether it's um, just the way you have to maneuver through them. Like, you can actually roll underneath them, the legs of the Omega Metroid mm-hmm. when it's doing one of its attacks, which they brought back with the uh, the Emmys and Dread. So that's um, that's a pretty cool feature as well. Uh, and then, of course, like, the melee counter cutscenes are, you know, always just so much fun to pull off. I agree with you. I, I think that... Uh, I, I often, like, when I'm talking about AM2R and I'm talking about Samus Returns, I often say, like... These are very different games, even though they're based on the same game. And I think that that is, like, in no better place exemplified than in, like, the Omega Metroid fight. Because I think that this fight in Samus Returns is, like, substantially better than the one in AM2R. But they're going for different things. Like, in AM2R, it's it's kind of like your classic, like, like a, a movement-based fight almost. Where, like, the, the Omega Metroid is jumping around... You just got to hit it and try to avoid being hit. Whereas in Samus Returns, this is a brawl. Like, this is a a bare-knuckle fight, and you're going to have to go... If you want to win, you're going to have to get in there and counter. You have to be really slick on your space jumping. You have to be really good with your grapple beam. There's so much that I absolutely love about these Omega Metroid fights. And, uh, like, this area has three Omega Metroids, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, I, I think that, like, these fights are so much fun... That even though it's the same kind of thing, I just like completely don't mind. And and there's so much like first of all, I love the way that the Omega Metroid looks in in this game. Like it just it looks so intimidating and so grotesque, and it's it's got like this gross scale to it. Like it just looks so awesome. The I mean, you nailed it. Like the amount of uh, of, of utility that that you need to use from your own kit in order to actually beat this thing is is pretty staggering. Because like. You know, you, you're, you're going to need to counter, you get the awesome cutscenes, you're going to need to grapple the thing down from the ceiling, you're going to need to use all of your beams to get rid of the debris falling from the ceiling, you're going to need to use your space jump when the Omega heats up the floor, you can roll under it to get to the other side, like there's so much cool stuff, you can use your beam burst to like really quickly splatter its armor, like I, I think these fights are just absolutely phenomenal, um, and I... I would say the same thing almost about every Metroid fight, but but certainly yeah. the Omega fight I think really stands out as like one of the top tier ones in the game for me. I, I just wanted to quickly point out the ceiling grapple, that's just for the Zeta Metroid. The Omega cannot crawl on the ceiling. Oh, that does not apply here. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm I'm actually I'm watching my fight of the 
Omega as we speak, and I'm I'm getting my ass kicked. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just I love this fight. And oh, there it is. We just did the combo. We got the uh, the counter. It looks so good. Um, yeah, I, I could probably go on for a long time about the fight. I let you know what? I, yeah, I, the last thing I want to say about this fight too. I love the way that like um, the Omega just moves in and like it just backhands you or it just slashes you, and it's just like. It's such a simple attack, but I I think that it just like adds so much. It's just like this like it's not a pretty attack. It's just a brutal like punch to the face. And for me, I like I really think that that adds to a boss battle for me because it makes it feel a little bit more personal, a little bit more intense, a little bit more like like you're in a fight and not like you're in a puzzle as I've kind of talked about a few different times on the show. So I I love this fight. Um I think that I could have done more than three in this area. I could have done more than four in the game. I, uh, I, we got to bring Omega Metroids back. What's it going to take for them to get uh, to get in a 3D game? I mean, we already bring it back on a weekly basis. Ayo, there we go. Um, but yeah, I um, I I think you brought up a great point though, with like you know, kind of the level of impact that kind of really makes these bosses feel terrifying. Because like, it's one thing if a boss looks terrifying. You know, if it, if it's barely doing any damage to you, well, then it's like, okay, well, like, come on, pull up. Where, where mm-hmm. are you at? Yeah. Like, 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 whereas here, I really like how this fight prioritizes risk versus reward because, you know, you because this thing has it's a it's a very tall boss and it has a lot of range, so you so you want to keep your distance when you can, but at the but... same time, if you really want to damage it, you, you have to get, get up right close up and personal. There. And so it's like I really think it like it toes that it toes like that perfect line um, of risk versus reward, and that's what really makes this fight interesting, and what makes it intense, like what makes the stakes feel so high, and then what makes it feel so satisfying to pull it off, because because basically if you fail, you know you're gonna lose like half a tank of energy, maybe a full tank if you get comboed, but if you do pull it off, you get to pull off some insane damage and get a sick cutscene reward on top of it. So I, I absolutely love fights like this that that's such a good point that you make actually that's uh it's so true because like the best way like truly you know the phrase the best defense is a good offense that's truly the the mm-hmm. case for this fight and like the best way is you just gotta kind of swallow your fear run up and shoot this sucker right in the chest at close range and beam bursa to death and and you know the thing about the omega metroid 2 is the fight is hard but i don't think that it's unfair like it, it hits hard, but you can usually it'll usually telegraph and give you like a second or two to really kind of get your bearings and and respond and get out of the way if it's about to attack you either with its tail, with its claw, whatever. Um, or sometimes you you're just hanging around for a little bit, hoping that instead of the regular like bite, maybe it's going to give you the chance to melee counter. So it's it's a, it is a great example of risk versus reward, and just like a like I said. I have an appreciation for those fights where it's just like they're they're tough but but fair in that when I die and Ravenbeak was a lot like this too. It's like when I die, like I feel I'm not frustrated at the game. I'm just like, God, like I, I missed this, I could have done this better. And I think that the Omega fights do a really good job of that too. Um obviously the Zeta fights I think do as well. But uh but yeah, it's just a it's just a really well done well done sequence. And I, I do wish I do wish that there was another boss here. I'm not gonna lie, but um, you know the three omegas that we get—that's uh, that'll do. That'll do. 
I, I gotta say, Mercury Steam has proven that they can cook when it comes to bosses between Samus Returns and especially Dread. And I know this isn't the topic of this podcast. We already talked about Metroid 6 before, but I just want to say that might be one of my, one of the things I'm most looking forward to when we get there. But that's that's for a previous episode we've done already. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, in terms of their boss fight record... I can't think of like a stinker that they've done. I know that some people don't really like the Dragaiga fight, but I love it actually. I think that's like a great I, I puzzle like fight. It. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a great fight. I, I it's do certainly too. It's certainly not my certainly not my favorite, but again, that's like comparing an Audi to a Ferrari. Yeah, so. like maybe uh, maybe maybe Arachnus in this game is the weakest fight. You know, even, even that, then, like, I, I think, like, what are you going to, yeah. like, you want to make it true to who Arachnus is, right? Like, so I, I think yeah. that that fight is very charming as well. And then, I mean, you've got some Titans there. You've got, like, Ravenbeak. You've got the Diggernaut. You've got Experiment Z57. Like, these, I'd put those boss fights up against any other boss fight in the series. And, and you yeah. might be coming out on top. So, yeah, that's an aspect that I'm really looking forward to. Although, to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning... I do want them to maybe uh, spend a little bit more time on that soundtrack because while Area 7 has awesome mm-hmm. music, maybe Area 6 and Area 5 could have used a little bit more time in the oven, as it were. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some of... Well, you know what? I was going to say let's talk about some of the items that you get, but there really isn't any items to get here either because by this point of the game, you are fully equipped, which is another reason why I think that, like, you just, again, when I was playing this this game, I was like, the Chozo Laboratory is so small. There's really not that many cool Chozo-y things in the background. And maybe I was thinking that, too, because not only is the area small, but, like, depending on how, you know, efficient you are as a player, you can get through it decently quickly as well because really all you have to do is go slam the three omegas and then you're out of there you don't have to get any items or upgrades or anything like that you go and do your business and then you're on your way so there isn't another there isn't another item i think i think if it were up to me i mean if it were up to me at any point like the screw attack would always be your final weapon that you get i think in hindsight maybe i would have placed the screw attack in area seven just that it has something um, not that I think every area needs anything, but I don't know. It, it is a little bit too bad that you just kind of waltz through here as quick as you do. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe they could put the screw tack in, in here instead of uh, area five, where I believe it is, and kept the power bombs in area six. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think we've talked about it before, but Samus Returns item pacing in general feels kind it, of it's weird. It's top heavy. Or like front loaded yeah, actually yeah. be the better term. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a great way to put it, actually. Yeah, it's very weird, and I feel like... I, I definitely think you could have spaced some of those items. In particular, I feel like this area would be, like, perfect to get, like, screw attack. Yeah, uh, I mean, to, to defend that a little bit, like, I'm looking at Area 3 and Area 5, and even Area 2 to a certain extent, and those areas are just, like, chock-a-block full with power-ups. But those areas are also, like gargantuan like they they are massive i think area three might be the biggest area in 2d metroid it's it's crazy big and area five if it's not as big is right behind it so there's there's definitely like a lot going on in those areas but they do have a little bit more space so it doesn't feel like you're you're tripping over all these different items but i would i yeah i would have liked to see something in um in area seven unfortunately there's there's nothing really other than just other collectibles um 
and and one thing that I kind of have a love and hate relationship with this, and and I don't think I realized it until I did my last playthrough. But I was going through, and I was like, I think I was getting ready to fight the digger knot, and I was like, okay. I'm just going to go in 100% the surface, the area one, area two, area three, just so that I don't have to like come back here. And you can't do it, which is kind of annoying because obviously you need the baby Metroid in order to get that last power up. So while I love getting the baby Metroid as an item, I think it's one of, I, I love that actually. I think it's one of the best things Metroid's ever done. It does, the fact that you have all of your gear, more or less, when you go into area seven, there's no items, but you still can't 100% it just kind of, gnaws at me a little bit when i get in there that's my only negative about this area i i agree i don't think i don't think there should have been any items that were locked behind the baby metroid i do like how there's like some alternate paths you can take or like maybe there's like a really tough puzzle that you have to do to get an item but or you can just use the baby metroid to like carve out like a quick shortcut to that i feel like stuff like that is is all right but i definitely agree like i'm not a fan of like the expansions being locked behind that you know, I, like, I wouldn't even say that I, I minded the expansions being locked behind it, but, like, I don't know. You have to, I, go, I, so out of, you have to go so out of your way for them, yeah, like, by that time. Because, yeah, like, you've you reached really the end, you've reached, yeah, you've reached the end game, and, like, some of those, like, you have to go back to, like, Area 1 to get some of those, like, all the way at the start of the game. And unlike, you know, you know, unlike some of the other Metroid maps where it's kind of like a hive where it's, like, all interconnected, Samus mm-hmm. Returns, it's very level to level base level one goes to level two level two to three and so on and so forth yeah um which, which again like i feel like that's mostly fine like it, it's a very small nitpick a very small critique like i i do enjoy going back and sweeping the board and getting all of these different items but yeah i don't know it just it, it feels like uh it, it's kind of annoying <laughs> like a little bit and it, it would have been nice if there was like something else other than like a random missile or something to find in area seven. And I guess you could say that for all the areas, but um, regardless, a small little nitpick there. Um, Let's talk about some of these expansions that you can find in area seven. And there is a lot of cool ones. And of course it's 2d Metroid. So we're going to have a little bit of a hard time describing exactly where they are, what you need to do, but we'll try our best. I really wish 2d Metroid would start naming its rooms. That's like the, as as someone that writes walkthroughs for Metroid games, 2d Metroid games, that is like the bane of my existence that you're just you have you have to spend like half your time describing what room you're talking about. It's brutal. You see, you have to you have to go to this one hallway that's like about three squares right to the big room with like the thing in the back. Oh, oh I hate it. God, it's just like can we not just name these guys? Like, please, for God's sakes. Um, so yeah, let's start off with uh, with one of the first expansions that uh, that I got in here, and you mentioned it at the top. You you start spider sparking right away and i think like i really love the idea the concept of the spider spark but they really could have done a better job telling you what to do like where was the decoras or eticoons or something like showing you how to do this that would have been a great little touch actually to put in but uh nevertheless you you use it to get uh to get a power bomb expansion right when you walk into or pretty close when you walk into um to area seven and it's pretty cool the way that you that you use it you actually have to do it i want to say twice and you go like way back you got to put on your protective armor you uh let me correct myself you only have to spider spark once so you go down and you drop down this big narrow shaft you you can choose to spider spark right up to the very top it'll get you to the far wall and you spider spark once again and there's just like something just so magical so glorious so powerful 
about performing one of these. It's got it's got a different kind of power to it, I feel like, than a regular Shine Spark. And I don't know why, but it just does. It's because there's like there's so with a Shine Spark, you have, you know, this built you have this build up. Like, you know, you start off slow, then you run, and then you have like a crouch and then and then a jump. Like there, like there's like there's a, a momentum, a cause and effect. With a power bomb, you go like from zero to one hundred like immediately. And there's something there's something really satisfying about that. I do miss the speed booster in Samus Returns. I don't think the phase definitely. shift is a a good replacement for that personally. Definitely, definitely happy to see that fixed in Dread. But um, I I do agree though. I do miss that Spider Spark. Though again, like you mentioned, boy, they really needed um, they really needed like something. I don't even mind if like it wasn't like printed in the instructions like yeah even if it was even if there was like a vague hint or something but this game doesn't give you anything you just kind of you just kind of have to fiddle around and just kind of get lucky or you know look it up online which i'm personally well, not a fan that's of. what i did because i i swear to god i spent like forever forever trying to figure out like how the heck do i get this power bomb expansion i can see it i can I can smell it, but I cannot get over there. And and I knew that, like, you know, we, we've talked about the Metroid language before, right? And, like, you can kind of tell when you see the spikes on the top and, like, there's a big, long passageway. I was like, there has to be something simple that I'm missing. And I I guess I never thought to put together that, like, you know, A plus B equals C with the with the power bombs and the spider ball. I probably should have. And I, and I don't know that I'd ever want to see spider sparking come back. I think that was a fine gimmick for Samus Returns, but probably should stay in Samus Returns. But I do think that it was kind of cool in this game specifically. I think so. Here's the thing: it it obviously it all depends on the Spider Ball coming back, and obviously not neither of us are fans of the Spider Ball in um in Samus Returns or OG Metroid Two or even AM Two R for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two D Spider Ball just hasn't doesn't, really it doesn't however, hit the same. However. I do like the spider magnet in Dread, which is basically kind of a replacement of the ladders in Fusion, which which I'm totally fine with, the ladders and the monkey bars. I could see, like, an evolution of the spider magnet where you can also use the morph ball on those magnetic surfaces and then use power bombs to spider spark off of those in places where you would otherwise not be able to charge a speed booster. I think there's potential there. Yeah, I I would be fine with that. I thought that the spider... um... Oh god, what the hell is it called? What's it called in Dread again? I just... The spider magnet. Spider magnet. Thank you. I thought that was okay. It's it's yeah. okay. Like it's not the it's not my favorite, but it's it's fine. Um, so yeah, taking a look here, there's a there's a few different as I mentioned spider spark puzzles in the Chozo Laboratory that are pretty cool. You can get another super missile. There is a there's one expansion that I wanted to kind of try and and talk about but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough and it's at like the very end like when you're back into the purple aesthetic area samus returns actually does this like quite consistently where it has like one really difficult hard to get expansion in that latter like purpley area uh, of the area before you move on to whatever your next area is going to be um and this one is is kind of a doozy uh so it, you you get it after you lower the acid and you break the chozo seal and all that kind of stuff it involves like god it involves like a ton of different work here so you have to go and um you have to shoot like missile blocks roll through a morph ball tunnel quickly break um, a grapple block 
get somehow get back and shoot out this stupid missile block again and somehow make it over to where you need to be before that missile block repopulates. And even if you have the um what's the slow thing called again in Samus Returns? I think it's called the phase shift. Fate Is that right? Whatever it is, we know what I'm talking about. Even if you have that, it's kind of like a dicey play in order to get here. Or or is it phase or is it phase drift? I think phase, I, I, phase drift sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I was getting I was getting flash shift confused with that. That's why I'm pretty sure it's phase drift. So the the purpose of this expansion is to get you an Aeon tank, and it's like it's way harder than it than it looks because you see it, you're just like okay, missile grapple, phase shift, whatever, phase drift, whatever. Um, but I like I'm watching my <laughs> my gameplay right now. I was struggling to to make this work, and I was just like could not nail it for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like that Samus Returns does this. Just gives you a couple little devious uh, expansions to get. Just something to brighten up that murky, gloomy, purple area before you move on, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like all Metroid games have to have at le- have that one puzzle, you know? The, the one where it's just like, here we go again. Zero Mission has the, uh, the infamous... <laughs> The infamous Ridley um, puzzle, which is actually, uh, if you watch our guide, there's actually a really easy way to cheese that. So check that out if you're having uh, trouble with the uh, Morph Ball Bomb puzzle there. Uh, Fusion has plenty of those in the end game as well, yeah. uh, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then uh, Samus Returns has the one you just described as well. Yeah, so I mean, and like the ones in, like I'm taking a look at, at Samus Returns. And, and, and Samus Returns, I would say as a whole, and certainly in Area 7, like I, I don't think it has... I don't think it has any of those expansions where you're just like, like, wow, that was a, a really clever, really well designed. Like Metro Dread has countless of those. Like we could yeah. probably name off like several expansions. Most of them have to deal with the speed booster, which is probably why Samus Returns doesn't have that. Um, but I think like a lot of what is in Samus Returns and, and specifically in Area 7 with all the spider sparking, I think like those are like really solid, like sort of challenge like challenging enough to get the synapses kind of firing a little bit and you know it's not just like a random like bomb here drop down get missile you got to work a little bit for them um i wouldn't say that there's anything here that's like again like top top tier but definitely like definitely some good stuff that you can uh, work towards it's less the puzzles themselves that stick out to me and more that uh that one spider spark shortcut that takes you from one side of the map to the other that's the big one that stands yeah. out to me yeah <laughs> Um, spider, yeah, spider sparking is very cool. I don't want to see it come back, but I do like it in this game. Um, so yeah, there we go. All right. We, so we've talked about, uh, we've talked about the bosses. We've talked about the music. We've talked about the items. We've talked about the expansions. We've talked about the in-game lore. We've talked about, uh, I think everything that we have here, any final thoughts that you want to, uh, uh, throw out for, for our friend, the Chozo Laboratory Area 7 here? Hey, you know, I, I, I've said before that, you know, I probably, I, I still like Sam's Turns a lot. I probably don't like it as, as much as most people do. But um, that being said, um, this is easily the highlight of the game. And every single time I revisit this area, like, you know, I'm reminded of like, you know, just how incredible this game can be at its peak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like everything, everything really comes together here. Like, like you just like you rattled everything off pretty much like. You know, the music here, we would probably give a five out of five. The art direction, five out of five. Um, 
you know, even if there were if there was an original boss fight, the bosses would probably be a five out of five. But even with three Omega Metroids, that's like still a pretty high four in my opinion. Like those because yeah. the Omega fights are pretty freaking sweet, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, you can't um, complain about those. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Just overall, just um, a, a standout, a standout area. Um, yeah, I'm. That's. I'll probably just end it there because otherwise, I'm just gonna go around in circles repeating myself. Yeah, you know, I I would say I agree. I I think in like terms of areas in Samus Returns, I think this is probably my favorite uh, for the reasons that you just listed: the Omega fights, the music, um, some of those cool expansions. One of the things, uh, so one of the things that I realized when I was replaying Samus Returns again was I think before I replayed it, I would have definitively said it's my favorite area by far. But I actually, I have grown to appreciate some of the other areas, even though I would say this about Samus Returns areas as a whole, and that I think that all of them are are good to really good, but I don't know that there's any that I would classify as like really, truly great. But I think the closest to hitting that point is probably area seven. Um, and there's, it's missing just a few things for me in order to be like a, a truly, you know, that, that amazing, great Metroid area. But the other thing that I would say, and, and this is more so about the areas of Samus Returns as a whole, because who knows when we're doing another mapping Metroid on Samus or on Samus Returns. But I, I, I always butcher the saying and I'm going to butcher it again, but here I go. I think that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. If that makes sense. Like, like I think that, like I said, like all the areas are good to great, but I think like when you take all of those areas together in succession, you do, you get a great game, even though the areas themselves are good to really good. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying. I think one, a, a lot of the areas, even some of the underwhelming areas, I feel like all of them have at least like one or two like really standout rooms that you remember. Like you were talking about, you know, the giant crystal shaft in area four, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And as you and as you as you go down and, you know, you, you bomb some of the blocks, you know, more of that crystal get like starts to shatter and starts to collapse. Um, area two, you know, you have like these random creatures in the background that you never fight at all. They're just vibing in the background, which I think is really cool just to have just some casual, non-hostile life, just living. You just get to watch them living their lives out. Um, I, I think like every area you're right, like it has something, maybe not necessarily like, I don't know if I personally would say like it has a room that I remember, but like every area has something cool. Like, like the, the surface area, great theme. Um, area one, has a lot of cool abilities and i'm a big fan of the golden temple from am2r so i'm just like this is a really cool design i love that area two has the arachnus fight which just makes me smile it's very charming to me you know area three has like you go down the list like each area kind of has like something cool that you remember about it and i think that when you put all of the areas into a big pot and you add some spice you add whatever you want to add and you and you start mixing it you come out with a really quality stew even if those ingredients are just kind of like you know plain jane maybe potatoes and carrots this is a great analogy i'm making it it's like it's like in breath of the wild when you uh, mix the monster curry and you're like oh this is probably going to be nasty but no you actually just got an insanely buffed item that's like kind of what samus returns does honestly it's you know it's like 
nobody likes radishes, right? Like, but you you, you get a radish, you're just like, okay, like this is cool. You get a couple radishes in Breath of the Wild, you start cooking, and all of a sudden you've got a potion that maxes out your hearts by like thirty. So you're just like, sweet, this is awesome. So I would say that about Samus Returns as areas as a whole, and and I think like I said, Area Seven's probably the closest to that great area. I, I feel like the big things, so like obviously like Area 7 is missing like a unique boss fight and it's missing at least one unique power up, mm-hmm. you know, aside from missile expansions. And I think that just comes to, you know, the overall greater issue in that it's just, it's too small. If it was bigger, it would probably have those things. Yeah, it probably would. But um, I'll tell you what, I, I still like me some Area 7 Chozo Laboratory. Um, I'm hoping that we that we don't wait a whole long time to talk about some of these uh, areas again in Mapping Metroid. But I will plug, because you know I needed to, I will plug, we have talked about Area 4 and Area 6 so far on the Great Metroid Area Ranking. So if you want some more detailed thoughts about that, uh, consider heading on over to our Patreon page and you can uh, hear our episodes about those two areas as well and see where... In the grand scheme of things, in all of the Metroid areas that we've ranked, and I think we're at, I think we're almost like a, a third of the way through now. Um, you can check out where those where those areas have kind of ranked. Uh, you know, they're probably exactly where you think they are. Not at the top, not at the bottom, somewhere in that in that sweet middle part. So, yeah, there it is. Chozo Laboratory, good area, good soundtrack, like it. It's fantastic. All right, let's uh, let's jam on out of here, Doom. I think we have talked more about Area 7 than any two people probably have in the history of Samus Returns. So, seems like a good time to end it. I have already plugged our Patreon, but I'm going to do it one more time. You can check out the Great Metroid Area Ranking, and you can check out uh, some other stuff that we got going on there, too. we got the Zeldcast Top 10s. We've got the Sateri's Review. Sam and I just reviewed Twilight, which was... Well, let's just say there was a lot of outtakes that uh, I decided to tack on. I, uh, I I do want to say, so I, we got a lot of comments when you were talking about that, and a lot of people seem to agree with you about the Twilight Princess Twilight comparison. Yes! Which, it's which, true! Which again, which, again, I've never seen Twilight, so I can't compare the two, but I just... I, I never would have thought that those two would be the same, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to watch this movie. I'm morbidly curious. I'm telling you, brother. Now. You watch it, <laughs> you watch it, you're going to be like, Andy was right. Hashtag Andy was right. I guarantee it. It's it's uncanny, actually. It, it freaked me out while I was watching it. So we got and that we got going the on other end, We got the other M Spateri cut. We got to get the Twilight Spateri cut next. <laughs> I That requires me having a, a grasp on what was going on. I didn't. But it, but it wasn't horror. Like it was, it was a fine, it was a fine time. I had a good time watching it. I was just like, what the hell is going on? This is, this is outrageous. But that's for another podcast on another day. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you feel like firing up Metroid Samus Returns and you need a uh, a walkthrough or a map, why my God, OmegaMetroid.com has you covered there. I'm in the process of writing the full, full, full walkthrough, but we definitely have a hundred percent map. You can check out all the Metroid locations, all the items, expansions, everything that you need is going to be on OmegaMetroid.com. We are over on Twitter, Blue Sky Threads, all that stuff. You can check us out at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316, and Doom is at Doom Cross. And follow our boy Dak as well. He's at DakCity underscore. And lastly, we of course want you guys to check us out wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, recommend, rate, review. If you got a Metroid fan in your life, tell them about the, the only weekly 
Metroid podcast. There is a, a very finite amount of people crazy enough to do a weekly Metroid podcast, and you're listening to them right now, by God. So go ahead and check that out. Looking forward to the Game Awards. Hoping we're seeing some cool stuff. Maybe maybe Nintendo will surprise us. Maybe we'll get... Can you imagine if we get Metroid Prime 2 and 3? Should we just like not even put that energy into the world? I I, I don't think so. I think I think we don't I see that, that until February sailed. at the earliest. Yeah. I don't think we see that until February at the earliest. I'm not expecting... I, I'm not expecting any Nintendo announcements. I, I, I know, I know you were really hoping for a Switch Two reveal. I'm, I don't think that's happening at the Game Awards either. But well, I'm, I'm rapidly running out of time this year, and I agree, it's not, it's not <laughs> happening at the Game Awards. So yeah, we'll see. I guess my proclamation that it's coming out in the, uh, the early half of 2024, uh, not looking so good. But uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Still lots of time. Still lots of time. Um, all right, Metroid fans, that's going to do it for us this week. But, uh, of course, we're going to be back here same time, same Metroid channel next week. Until then, everybody, take care.